Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Today's guest is Gabor Yaborski. I hope I got that right. <laughs> um, introduce yourself, Gabor. Hi, everyone. Uh, so, as Kim said, my name is Gabor Yaborski. I am a software engineer uh, currently working on e-commerce um, websites. And in my not-so-ample free time, I enjoy rocking the boat and uh, calling people out on some of the stuff that might not be awesome. All right. So we'll start with the two questions we already start with. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Okay. Um, I think it's important to cause a scene because if no one does, then nothing gets better. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are groups of people uh, who are disadvantaged when it comes to uh, just general life situations, work, uh, healthcare, anything. And um that kind of sucks. So I, I don't want to live in a society where, uh, you know, certain groups are more equal than other groups. Um, so we need to change that. But no one's going to willingly give up um, their privilege and their power, and we have to fight for it. And I think that's that's why it's important to uh, cause a scene. Personally, I've had uncomfortable conversations um, lately in um, all walks of my life. Uh, quite recently, I've been removed access from a closed Slack group because I dared question that an initiative that one of the companies in the space made is actually a good idea. And uh, apparently because I'm the person who most commonly causes conflict in the group, it didn't make any more business sense for the group owner to keep me around. Um, also, I like to have similar uncomfortable conversations within the company and on the internet as well by writing articles, retweeting stuff, uh, or just engaging with people who might, who I kind of hope can be persuaded into maybe thinking differently about some of the issues that they do. Okay, so I want everyone to understand um, who this individual is. So last year, um, I started Hashtag Called The Scene. Um, it's a year old. And um, I had a young gentleman named Maurice to volunteer to be on the web team. And the second person to volunteer who reached out to me and said, hey, I want to help you with this was Gabar. And I was like, Wow, thank you. Um, and I don't know if you were fairly new to the community, because um, I can't remember, but I, kn I knew that I was very impressed because my um, web development skills, I had maxed them out, basically. <laughs> and so I was very happy to, um, to receive the support. So when people, I'm bringing this up because people are always like, oh, I don't know how to help. You didn't 
ask me how to help. If you say, Kim, I have these services, do you need these skills? That's one way people can help. Um, and then you've been rocking and rolling ever since. You have, um, you go on the website, you notice a problem. Hey, Kim, this isn't working right. Let me fix it. And it's done. Um, that takes a hell of a lot of strain off me and what I'm doing. And I'm sure there are other people who individuals are following and they can offer the same support um, to these individuals or similar support and how um, to help support the, the use our technical skills for something other than um, sitting back saying, you know what, that's great. Or I really want to, but I don't know how, or can you tell me how that's more work on me. Come to me with skills and say, Hey, I see that, that you need this in this area. Can I offer my skills? Um, so I really want to, I I've never thanked you personally, pu publicly. And I wanted to thank you for, you've been, uh, like I said, you've been around the longest. And I really appreciate um, you having the, the confidence in Hashtag Cause the Scene when I was still trying to figure out what the hell Hashtag Cause the Scene was. So thank you for You're that. Welcome. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things I want to talk about, and, and it, well, two of the things that I want to talk about, um, you, but before I get there, I want to ask you, where do you live? Cause I, there's an accent and I'm asking for, for a reason. So where do you live? Um, so currently physically I live in the UK, um, in, in Oxford city. Uh, but I was born in Hungary and, um, I went to bilingual high school. I pretty much had English lessons all throughout my, um, uh, you know, kindergarten and primary school as well. Um, and I had all sorts of uh, teachers from different places of, of the world. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, visit New York City uh, in an exchange program. So I lived in Brooklyn in 1999 for four months. Uh, and then in 2001, I lived in New Zealand for four months. Um, so pretty much all around the world. Didn't know if that answers your question. No, it really does. It gives me way more detail than I needed. Well, than I was hoping for. No, no, than I expected. But I'm glad you said it because the reason I'm bringing this up and I'm going to talk about your article in a, in a moment is because I want people to understand that the topic we're about to talk about, white supremacy, racism, is not unique to the United States. <sighs> and and I really. I hear this when I'm in other countries. Oh, we don't have this problem. And yes, you do. <laughs> it just shows up in very different ways. But um, white supremacy is a global phenomenon. And so I was, first of all, I, again, I knew you from your, your, um, your development skills, had no idea about your writing skills. And I was just blown away. Um, so you, re you wrote an article on September 2nd, and it was titled, Dear White People, We Need to Talk About Diversity and Inclusion. And when I saw it, I thought it was I, not, like many people who write about these things, it's, it's really, they really stay on the surface because that's as much as they know. I was so impressed not only by the, the, the writing, I mean, you're a really great writer, but the level of detail and, and examples and hyperlinks that are in this doggone article is something I would do. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> we're literally teaching. So, um, and you had a backstory to that because you it, it, when you um, shared it on Twitter, there was a backstory like, 
you were just frustrated and you just thought about it. So tell us where this came from, what led you to write this, what responses have you been receiving from writing this? Um, so the floor is yours. Okay. Um, well, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, where do I begin? Where, wherever you like. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to collect my mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, okay, so I think one of the issues that, that I started writing it is uh, there was a conference called PHPCE, uh, which was, I think, Central Europe, and uh, they decided to not hold the conference, to completely cancel the conference, because um, some of the speakers and would-be attendees essentially called them out on having an all-male speaker lineup. And, uh, you know, it's 2019. I get it that it's Central Europe, and uh, in Central Europe, white people are the overwhelming majority. There's very few uh, people of color here. Um, but still, there are still, you know, half the population is still women. Um, so at least that could have been attempted. Um, because I'm pretty sure that there are people with sufficient technical skills that are not white dudes who can also stand up and say, hey, um, I have this idea, I have this knowledge, I want to teach you it. Um, but that wasn't the the, the uh, biggest problem. The biggest problem was that when they were called out, they kind of acted like uh, hurt kindergarteners, I guess. Uh, that instead of instead of saying, "Hey, yeah, totally, we hear you. This is a problem, and let's rethink. Let's reopen the uh, calls for paper." Um, let's actually go out and solicit um, women or people of color and people of color to apply and and share their knowledge. Instead, they said, you know what? No, you've been mean to me and we're just not gonna, not gonna have a conference. Like, okay, done. Um, so that pissed me off um, in one hand. The following tour conversation ran that uh, kind of broke into two groups. One of them, um, one of the groups was in absolute total support of of them being called out on it. And yeah, you know, it's 2019, this shouldn't be a, an issue. And the other one was kind of this, um, it's kind of the assumption that if there are no uh, minorities or women or people of color applying to something, that means that they are not there. And uh, then people just like the organizers just shrug and just go, well, what can we do? We have to select people from the available people that apply to us. And all of them happen to be white white, white men. Um, which again, I kind of understand, but it's just not good enough yet. Uh, then the other issue was, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I had I had a similar conversation inside the company and I said, you know what, I kind of would like diversity and inclusion to be a thing at this company. Um, because currently we're nine white guys and one woman. Um, and that isn't, that doesn't, that isn't setting up the company to have the necessary 
um, I know culture, I suppose, to be able to attack any problem and solve any problems from a lot of different views, and we're going to have blind spots, huge ones. Um, so I said, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, and then I didn't really get a positive response to that. Um, I was I was kind of told that you know diversity and inclusion is important for us, uh, and it just didn't seem like it. So I sat down and uh, typed out all of the all of the things that I had in my head. Um, I was reluctant to like you know obviously we share a Slack group, um, so I could have could have just pinged you before I hit the publish button. Um, and and potentially asked you like, hey, uh, did I get stuff wrong? But honestly, I was afraid of getting stuff wrong because I come from this from a white guy's perspective. Like, I am missing so much context. I am missing so much culture. I am missing so much. Um, uh, what's the word? Experience of of being on the wrong end of being discriminated that I didn't really think that the article would do that well. Um, so I was super surprised and, and massively honored when you said, holy shit, this is awesome. The conversations I've been having were interesting. Most of it has been positive. Um, I've had like two people on Twitter argue with me about um, uh, the usual Things like, oh, we get it. You hate white people. You could have just said that instead of writing a four thousand word article. And I'm like, yeah, no, dude, you're missing a point. Um, but I also got a, a direct message from someone totally random, and he said that. Well, first of all, thank you. Second of all, it was hard to read it as a white guy, and and then he sees that he's reluctant to kind of accept and take in some of the aspects of it. Um, but, but he's getting there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all that I can ask uh, of, of anyone. Um, just give it a go and see if that's something that you want to do. And then obviously go and sit with your feelings about it. Um, my brother, when I, well, I did ask him um, before I hit publish. And then he said, that he kind of just left the link in his WhatsApp for like half a day because he didn't want to read it because he had an aversion to the entire topic because, you know, damn social justice warriors uh, rocking the boat, making me my life uncomfortable. Um, but then he realized that actually that discomfort is precisely the reason he should read it. And, and yeah, he did. Uh, I don't actually know. Uh, what he thought of it, because we hadn't really had a chance to have a conversation about that one due to some other family issues uh, being more important at the moment. But um, yeah, I think the impact was positive. Um, yeah, I think that's that's my thoughts around it, I guess. Yeah, it's... One of the things I wrote down is, um, and, and I, I was having a, a conversation recently, and this is so, again, I want to thank you. It was, uh, I'm happy you didn't reach out to me and you got someone else to help you with it. 
Um, because just like these podcasts, I like being being in the moment of it. So I I I really appreciate appreciated learning that aspect of you that I didn't know about. Um, and so it was like, wow, this is really well thought out. This is the links are there. The this is a this is a demonstration of someone who struggled with this and um is learning um and has been trying to figure out how to articulate this and has done a great job. So I get that, particularly as an educator, I get that. Um, and so for me, it, it again, it confirmed that I made the right choice of letting you be a part of the hashtag Causing community, I mean, um, team, personal team, because those are the individuals who are closest to me and I have to have absolute trust in them. Um, so it, it totally confirmed that for me. I was like, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's, he, he, it's nothing better than knowing that the people around you are, are also doing the work. Um, the thing that gets me, and this is something I've been, it's, it's, and, and that's why I've kind of moved away from, I used to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm kind of, I've kind of moved away from that because discomfort is something you can opt out of. Pain is something you don't. And, and unfortunately, and people think I'm being masochistic, or again, you know, I get the, I'm racist, you just hate white people kind of crap. But I'm really of the opinion at this point, because I've said white supremacy is the parasite that's now eaten on its host, which is white people. Um, you're not in enough pain. And um, the fact that there are individuals who, um, you know, let me give it a go. Is, is is really, it speaks specifically to privilege because I don't get to give it a go. Um, every day, this is my reality. Um, if you can opt out of having conversations about ha- the harm that your actions or the people who look like you actions are causing to other people, then you're not the victim. Uh, and I get it. I really, and you spoke earlier, you said something about you were removed from a Slack group. This is the fear of so many white people, particularly white dudes. And, and, and it pissed me off that my, talk, my life got um, shut down and removed from Periscope when I said white men in tech ain't shit. Because if you people would have listened to it before reacting, but this is another thing about, you know, the discomfort, you can opt out and then you can try to silence me. That whole video, the entire video was about dudes. You have, I'm basically, I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of the excuses. You have all the privilege in the world and you were too afraid to use it. So you're telling me you used it and was removed from a Slack group because you um, rocked the boat. Did you lose your job? No, I mean, not yet, but. uh, Okay, no, I'm just like, did you not, not force, did you lose your job? No, I didn't. Did you lose any income? I did not know. Did you lose any friends? Um, I don't think I did. I, I lost access to some of the people uh, that I communicated on that Slack. Um, but everyone kind of knows how to get in touch with me anyways outside of that. I know how to get in touch with them outside of that. Uh, it's a convenience issue from this point on. Okay, so that's the point I'm making. Yes, there are th- your your situation is is changed. It's not as easy. It's now a little more. People have to make more effort, or you have to make more effort to contact them. 
what the point I want to draw on, and this is why I'm happy you really told me about your, your travels and where you've been, is because there are many people in the, our community who don't get that. We speak up, we lose our jobs. We speak up, we lose our income. We speak up, we lose access to friends. Um, we speak up, we are, some of us are physically harmed. And I'm not suggesting, because I know this, I'm not suggesting that anybody put themselves in harm's way. What I'm asking you is to look at what you really have to lose by standing up for the person who has the most to lose, but speaks up anyway because they have no other choice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have this en enormous privilege. It would be a shame to not use it. Um, I mean, then again, I, I, I get the thinking around it because I was brought up with that um, pretty much instilled in me since I was like five. Like, you know, work for your stuff and then it's your stuff and no one else can take your stuff away from you. Like, what's the point of, of hoarding all of this thing and then just not helping someone else? Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Someone else. Um, okay, so I want to stop you there because that's interesting because I that's a... That, I, Oh wow! I've never, I've never had that. I'm not even gonna say conversation. No one in my life has ever said that. In our communities, if we have that thought, we are considered absolutely selfish. It is all about the community. It is all about if you get, you need to bring. If you make it, you need to reach back and get the next person. If you have it, it is your responsibility to share with those who don't have it. And these are the things that I'm talking about. People assume that we're having the same lived experience and we don't. Whiteness is taught that every is yours and you deserve it and you don't have to give it away. Yeah. Yeah, and, we're not taught. We're, oh this is totally in the antithesis of what we're taught. Everything we're, and, and I'm, I guess I'm happy because I don't, we couldn't survive if we didn't have that communal um, understanding and perspective. But it explains a lot why, why when I ask, for me, when I ask, I'm thinking about, or when someone asks me, I'm thinking about my own stuff first because I want to make sure I'm safe. I got to take care of myself. But that was something I had to learn to do. It wasn't something that I was taught to do. Me putting myself first is something I had to consciously make a choice about because I'm always, it's always how it's it going to help the community. And that's how I kind of find myself um, being frustrated and having to pull back sometimes and going off to the uh, offline is because I recognize that I've put the hashtag cause of scenes communities needs above my own. And then that's when I have to go recalibrate. And, 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 um, and that's how most of us marginal, mm, I'm going to just say people of color 
are raised. Mm -hmm. That's we, we don't have that take all or nothing. And the people who are like that, they're shunned. But I, I can take that back because now they're being um, in, um, glorified and deified um, because they're following that white model. Yeah. Like when I was when I was in high school, um, I read all of these like business books and self-help books and I looked up to all of these like, uh, you know, quote, self-made millionaires, unquote. Um, who upon closer inspection turned out to be not actually suffering millionaires because, hey, um, he had $3 million to start with. Um, and uh, just kind of, I thought that by adopting the traits of these people that I read about in the books, the cutthroat deal-making, the, um, the swindling, the... Uh, the what's important is that I get my stuff. And then if they don't get their stuff, then there's just a reflection on how badly they negotiate kind of thing. It screwed me up a lot. Uh, but then again, at the time, that was kind of like the accepted and expected way of um, becoming a better, I know, business person, you know, as much as a 17 year old can think of becoming a hustler and business person can. Tell me how, give me an example of how that screws you up because this is, this is, I talk about this often as well, that this is not about saving the poor black or Indian or, or, or Latina or LGBTQ community, that this mindset, this take on mindset is actually harming white people. And so I, if you can give me an example of how this messed you up. Um, so I used to, I used to follow uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, oh yeah, I stopped following him as well. <laughs> and, and it took me a while to figure out that actually that, uh, that kind of hustle that he's promoting and encouraging people to sort of copy isn't something that I can replicate because I'm not Gary Vee. I do not have the context of his life. I do not have his name. I do not have his connections. I do not have his starting points. Um, so I try to kind of model something that I that I wasn't even able. Um, oh my God! You just spoke to it. Okay, so um, we're gonna keep going. You are. This is this is so amazing. You just do not know how how much tingling I have over here because what you just. <laughs> What you just described is when whiteness is put up as the standard. Um, and, and I wrote something about this the other day, and I want to read this. Um, when whiteness is put up as a standard, let's say, of beauty. Um, where is it that I put it? I suck at this second. Where did I put that? Where did I put that? I said, um, nope, that's not it. Is it here? Okay. I said, um, so I was talking about, um, I was writing notes for this past um, for um, has, for the how to be a anti-racist chapter two the second episode I was taking notes in my head and this what you, you just said is just interesting I said unrealistic unrealistic standards of beauty that values whiteness thinness thinness maleness and Anglo and Anglican features as the default the closer you are to the default the more privilege is bestowed upon you and the further you are from the 
and the further you are from the potential harm caused by your position. This has been, this has had detrimental long-term lasting effects on the more distance there is from the default. Even when biology makes such a a goal unobtainable, which causes psychological, emotional, and physical schisms. Although, uh, uh, and so it made me, it made me think about th- the uh, white women as the, because this is white women as a beauty myth. Our, so I remember when I was um, middle school, high school, I wanted to be a model. There was no way I was going to look like the m- white models that were on, um, that were, wa- that were famous at the time. Not even the black ones. The black ones were shaped like white women. They were just black. Um, and so instead of me seeing that as a flaw in the system or a flaw in the standard that is a default, I saw a flaw in myself. And it leads to a place of not liking who you are. Um, you see your body, which is your natural body in the mirror. And because it doesn't look like something that it can never be. Now, I can have plastic surgery all day long, but my body is not shaped like that. I'm not that tall. All these things. And there's nothing I can do to fix that. And yet I keep getting these repetitive messages that that's what it, I need to be to be beautiful. That, and if I'm not that, then I am not beautiful. I'm not valued. I totally understand. Like I had, I had the exact same... Well, not the exact same because because obviously not, but um, very similar thoughts. Like, hey, um, you know, I should be emulating Gary V. I can't emulate Gary V. I must be doing something wrong. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and that's what happens in our, that's what happens in our companies when we bring when we make these arbitrary standards like culture fit, and individuals can't meet those standards because it's not even realistic to meet those standards. Those standards are often arbitrary. Um, and you, you internalize, this is where, okay. So this is where, when I first started in tech, why I started talking about mentoring, um, develop developers, because everyone, we have these programs, we have these boot camps, we have all this stuff and everybody in this industry talks about how easy it is to learn to code. It is not easy to learn to code. Learning is hard, period. And now you learn a language which is totally different and it's a different kind of hard. And so what adult learners do is when everyone around them is saying it's easy and then you're like, I can't do it, you internalize that. And then you have people who could learn to code leave the industry demoralized because they were taught, they were sold a false narrative. And so that was another reason I, I agree with you about the Gary Vee I was listening to him. I bought his books. And then I was at the same time coming into my understanding of this whole system, oppressive system. And I just was like, there is no way in hell I was ever going to be any of this. And I, do I even want to be any of this? I'm a black woman raised in the South. Do I want to have to, to have work the hours he works? Do I want to neglect my family the way he neglect? I don't want that. Yeah, but that's the next step, though. Um, so at, at some point, some people never actually go through the, I want to be Gary Vee, but I can't be Gary Vee, but I'm going to keep trying. And then I'm going to sacrifice all of my health, yeah. family time, whatever, onto it. It takes a while um, to actually figure out that, you know what, 
Gary Vee might not be the model that I need to follow. Mm -hmm. Because if I admit that I don't want to be Gary Vee, I essentially what I say is that I don't want to be successful. Yes, yes, exactly. We make those two things synonymous. Yes. And instead of saying, I don't want to be Gary Vee because I want to be me, it's because, and so you, you get, they, didn't, they, switch it, they switch it on you because when you say, I don't want to be Gary Vee, then you get, you're not working hard enough. Yeah, exactly. And that's just <laughs> bullshit. Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm working way harder than some people that I see in the industry. Um, I'm not a millionaire and I'm totally fine with it at, at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing bad, um, but do I want to be, um, you know, a venture capitalist funded, um, whatever startup CEO person? No, like mm -hmm. I, I lack, I lack the skills. I lack the ambition to actually go and do that. But in order for me to figure that out, um, that was that was hard because I was taught that you know you have to have the ambition because if you don't have the ambition, mm -hmm. then then what's the point? Wow, this is a good conversation. <laughs> I see so many parallels. And this is why I tell people, no, I don't, I not, do not hate white people or hate white men. It's just that we're all suffering. And it's like, with your privilege, you don't see the suffering as much as I do because, you know, it's the, you know, like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I, I may be lower on the needs thing and you may have, you know, your, your basic needs taken care of, but you're still not living a, an enriching life that you could if the if you weren't following these arbitrary oppressive because for the systems of white supremacy to work they have to work you have to work with them too there are rules for you as well you may have more privilege but there are rules for you as well and then you see that there when we talk about the one percent now this is who don't have to follow the rules and this is what i say about a lot of people who um, when about Trump getting on, you know, Twitter saying what the hell he wants to say. And then you have followers who do the other, the same thing. Or you have people who who see him unleash all this hate on people and go out into the real world. And then they lose their jobs because somebody um, vi videoed them. They don't realize that, yeah, he has a level of privilege that most people in the U.S. don't have. Yeah. And so you using him as an example of your behavior is only going to hurt you. Yeah. Like, you know, Gary can work 100 hours. I can't because, it, like, I'm going to drop down exhausted after week one mm -hmm. because, I don't know, mm -hmm. I don't know what Gary V does. Um, maybe, I really don't know. Like, you know, good, but, good but for Gary him. Gary V has a whole team, though. But he has a whole team. He's not a solo. He has somebody who's walking with him every single moment to create video with content, video, audio, all of that. He, his wife is at home taking care of kids. He has this, that. He has a complete team. And, and this is another misnomer. We think we can, you know, it's, it, we think we can at least have any, any level of success that they have and be a solo. No, these people have complete, it reminds me of, you see these people at the Oscars or whatever, and their faces are, I mean, they are immaculate, the clothes and everything. And then you see them when they take their clothes off, or if you just see the team that, that's in that room putting all mm. of that together to make that look. It's not one person. And so, okay, I'm bringing this back again. So when we're talking about inclusion and diversity, if we want to have our Grammy moment, if we want to have our Oscar winning moment, if we want to have our Emmy winning moment, if we want to have whatever um, award show moment, 
it took a team to get that person, quote unquote, there because it's not just that person's efforts. Yeah, exactly. That said, Gary Vee really likes to sell it as, oh, I'm a solo person, but he's not. Oh, yes. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so does Elon Musk. And so does all. Oh, God. Yeah. No. They all like this. <laughs> yeah, I really am so. Uh, I, when I really thought about when I really pulled back the onion on, this is a very privileged person who had, who is a product of apartheid, who has two, two university parents who could take and have the best computers and take them apart, who all these other things, all these, you know, just, just keep adding all these other privileges to it. No wonder you're where you are. Shit. If I had half the stuff you are, I'd be where you are. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and and that, and I'm glad you brought that up because they, these individuals keep selling these things as if they're by themselves, as if they're doing it themselves. Yeah. And they're not. Because I kind of feel like admitting that, yeah, I have this like, you know, starting position where everyone starts at zero and I'm like plus 20. Um, that that it would invalidate all the things that they've done and in a way it would because it's it, it wasn't them them mm-hmm. yep they're not as special as they they've been selling it yeah yeah like okay fine uh elon musk built paypal well part of it um he built tesla he built spacex mm-hmm. um but it's not him he's he just happens to be the ceo he just happens to be the money man yes but uh i'm i'm like 100 percent sure that all of the rocket engineers working at spacex <laughs> are like a million times uh smarter than elon musk is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know just said you know what i want to go to mars like make it happen yes and other people's incredibly hard work and sacrifices um Make that happen, and then all over the world kind of stands up and gives a standing ovation to Elon Musk for making exactly traveling to Mars possible. And then all of the people working at SpaceX who actually made it possible, they're kind of like, no, well, thank you for your service. Also, uh, your (laughs) request for unionizing is denied. Exactly. It's it's all once I started peeling back the onion, and this is all I'm asking people to do: just start thinking more critically about the things you say (laughs) and the things you do um, and the impact that they could have on others. And the prequel of that is let's really pull back about all the systems that were in place to get you where you are. I know that I'm where I am because my mother sacrificed to make sure I was exposed to certain things because I was able to get student loans because um, this, that, and I can, I can draw lines to those things where other people can't, didn't have those same opportunities. And so it's about, I had privileges. It's not about me being special. I, I was able to leverage those. And there are a lot of things that I was exposed to that I was not able to leverage. Um, and I had to come to terms with that. And what you just said was quite interesting. What popped in my head was when, um, People who have so you have these 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 stars these celebrities let's put them that way have celebrities who have these wonderfully complex lives but they put you know they show on like Instagram that it's just them you know they don't have these teams and then you see you see their communities turn on them particularly women when they say when they have babies and they then they have in in home help 
Um, and it's like, what, why, why are you, why are you hiring somebody to do this? Because you not, you've not shown how complex your life is and that you have help in every area yeah. of your life. <laughs> and so now people are thinking, okay, so why they can't juggle being a mom too? I mean, what was that? You know? And so we, we are all, we're like having, putting, putting unrealistic expectations on ourselves, which is filtering down to people having unrealistic expectations for themselves. Um, yeah, because I, I I I was a Gary V person, and so I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I could do everything he tells me to do in his crushing it book, and I still would not have the same results. It's still not going to happen. Not that way, no. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently, this work, this push for equity for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Not that way, no. So what is, what's next for you? You've written this article. Um, you've, you've heard some feedback. You've been um, removed from the Slack group. What's next for you? Um, how, what, what do you see next of you causing a scene? I don't know. Um, I kind of feel like that I'm suffering from a bit of burnout. So um, I think I've taken on way too much plus family situation um, where I, like an aunt and an uncle um, both passed away within like a few days of each other. Oh, wow. um, so uh, all of that kind of has an enormous weight on me. Um, and um, even the, like I haven't lost anything from from being banned from that Slack group, my ego is still kind of bruised. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. like I would be foolish not to say that it doesn't hurt a bit. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I, I still wear it as a uh, badge of honor, but is is that because I really want to wear it as a badge of honor, or is that a coping mechanism? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this is so for the next, I don't know, a couple of weeks. I think I I need to sort of step back and regroup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which again is something that I know that I can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm conscious that other people do not have this luxury. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I don't know, I guess we'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I assume like this podcast is going to be published at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I also assume that the people I work with are going to listen to it, which is going to open up maybe a couple of more uncomfortable conversations. Um, I don't know the fallout of what that's going to be. Um, and I thank you for being honest about that. Um, because this work does come with risk. It really does. Um, and so again, yeah. it's not about me saying I want white men to, 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 throw away what they have, hell, that doesn't help me. I want to leverage what you have, actually. Um, yeah. And yet, even in that, we all have to, we all have a role to play in this. All have to. Yeah. Like, for example, um, I, 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 don't, I don't like Facebook. Um, I wish I could not have a I Facebook account. I do too, account, but my but family and friends are there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Facebook as it currently stands, isn't a force for good. Um, I wish it didn't exist. Um, the engineers working at Facebook, I think, have a very hard moral dilemma um, to sort of go through each other. Well, some of them might not, but that's, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but I get that some people want to quit, but can't, because they have rent to pay, they have bills to pay, and that's fine. Um, like, don't rock the boat if it's going to, like, completely crumble your life. Because there's no point. That doesn't, as you said, that doesn't actually help anyone. And, and you can find other ways of rocking the boat that will leave you in the fight to, to have that bigger fight another day. Yeah, I just decided that for me, in my situation given the environment and the circumstances mm -hmm. I have, mm -hmm. this is an issue that I'm, you know, this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It might not have been the hill to die on a year ago. It might not be the hill to yeah. die on a year from now. And those are personal choices. And, and, and I want people to understand, because I don't want people to walk away thinking that you're saying do nothing. Um, or... No, um, obviously don't, don't do nothing, but there, there are a couple of really, really easy things that one can do to start helping. Uh, one of them mm -hmm. is um, just listening to themselves, think about issues and, and kind of catch themselves thinking, you know, something is of a certain way. Like um, just today in a totally different um, community, someone said, um, that they need to get dressed because they have an interview, like a, a video interview, but they also want to be, um, you know, cozy and, and comfortable. And I immediately suggested that, you know, if, if they're a white dude, just, just wear a hoodie. And then, and then she said, well, if she was a white dude, that wouldn't be a problem because then she wouldn't be um, judged on her ability to do her job based on how she, um, how she's, um, like what she's wearing. And, um, that was thought that I got blindsided by because I kind of like, even, even then I prefaced it with, if they were a white dude, 
I still kind of assume that that's like that's a that's an unconscious assumption that I have that that I find it totally normal that because of Zuckerberg, um, why dude in a hoodie is just a totally normal you know quote business attire unquote, mm-hmm. and it's not for pretty much anyone else except for Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is a. Um... And, and yet, what I am going to say is, if you are, don't have enough power or privilege that speaking up at work would not make you lose your job, um, I'm going to be harsh here. Some of you need to lose your job. Some of you need to make a stand because you're in situations that are actively causing harm and you're being complicit. That there, these are these are varying things. Some of you um, can have more impact by making change within your organization um, if you can figure out a way to do that. Um, some of, most of you though need to read, study, and pay the people who are doing this work. Oh my God! Yes, this is this is the bottom line. It, it is it is. I'm ashamed, and I'm not ashamed, you should be ashamed, um, community, that I have over 7,000 followers and only 17 monthly sponsors at this point. Now, the reason I have it set at $100, because you and I had a discussion about this, is -hmm. because I did not want... I'm not a Patreon, so I did not want to... I wasn't going to do anything extra for these, like, different tiers. I do enough. Um, but my thinking is for many in this community, not all, but there are many people in this community will waste a hundred dollars on a meal, just pop a hundred dollars on a meal. And if you can't see fit to give me a hundred dollars a month, and that subsidizes the people who are scraping together, who want to support, but only have $25, I don't want their money. They need that money. And I could get this work done with 50 people by the end of this year. That's $5,000. I can, I, can, I can do all I need to do to pay my bills. I can run my business. I can do whatever I need to with $50, 50 people giving me $100 a month. That is not, a, that, for this industry, that's not a lot. And when I sit back and I look at, I have over 7,000 individuals and 17 people have made that commitment. I'm like, okay, yeah. You're not doing it. This is where I mean, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing it. Also, my my podcast number should be bigger. If you're not doing, if you're not doing that, at least you could be sharing the podcast with other people, so the numbers can go up, so we can scale this 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 knowledge, this 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 content, so we're not starting from scratch. Uh, this is when you talk about kindergarten. This is what people in um, particularly black people say all the time. It is like starting the conversation with you at preschool every single time. This is why I don't like, I say I'm not an inclusion and diversity um, expert. I'm a business strategist, but I can't get past this because it's like starting this conversation every single time. Do some work. Yeah. Take that that bit off my plate. So we don't, so when I come in the door, we can have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, if if they can't pay you because they need that $25 um, and they do have Twitter, finding people who deliberately do not look like them, uh, do not work in the area um, that they're working on, um, hold uh, only different lifestyles. 
following them and then just reading their lives day in, day out, that's free. I mean, it's a time investment, uh, but that's free. Like that's that's how I started um, because I realized that I'm in an echo bubble um, or an echo chamber. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I, I knew that that isn't going to take me down a road that I want to go down in, but I knew that I need to get a wider perspective and then instead of going into the bookshop and and um, lifting yet another self-help book on how to be an awesome person by this, you know, celebrity American. Or how to how to how to work a how to give squeeze 20 hours into four. Yeah, exactly. Like also, what the hell is with Tim Ferriss and his Ubermensch uh four hour <laughs> is enough sleep? Work, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Thing yeah. like like no, just don't do that. Get some sleep. Um, but so instead of, instead of getting yet another book and reading it, and then having read that it now takes up, uh, valuable space for dust to settle on, um, I could just go out and actually learn about not actual life because Twitter is still filtered life. Um, but people share a lot of things on Twitter about their lives and, uh, well, one of the things I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stop you there because I really want to make sure I, I articulate what you're saying is is great. But it, not but put a period on that. Mm-hmm. If you're from a if you're from a a privileged background, if you're following people who have less than you and all you're doing is following them and not giving anything back, you are a parasite. So even if you can't give back monetarily you need to be figuring out how to be of service of those individuals because this is a problem in tech. Everybody wants stuff for free. We have this free concept and me doing my work on for anti-racism is not the same. And I have a problem with free open source too, but it's not equal. It is not at all equal. And so if you're getting a free education, you need to be giving something. There, it needs to be as Healthy relationships are reciprocal. So figure out how you can reciprocate at whatever, um, what, and I'm not even going to say makes you comfortable. So I want you to step outside your comfort zone. But I'm not saying to lose your job or to not pay your bills. But there are some things you could be doing to support people who are doing this work that makes you uncomfortable so that you really feel and are giving, that you are giving equal measure to what people like myself are doing. Yeah. Um, but again, like it's it's about doing the wrong kind of thing uh, when people think that that's going to help is or could be more harmful. That's why you need to ask. Um, yeah. And that's why I'm going to go full circle before we close out and say that's how what I appreciate the work you've done for me, because you came to me and say, hey, I see that you can I help you with this website? If it was not a, 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 a something that was going to benefit me, they give, gave me the opportunity to, first of all, you say, do I need help? And then, and that's what you do. You don't assume, can I help it? I, can I help you in this area? And then if they say no, but I need help in this other area, if you can't do it, then do some work to figure out who you can find to help, you know, to some, that's how it, it has to be reciprocal. White people cannot keep taking. You can't keep taking. It is toxic. It is not in your best interest to keep taking without giving. That's just not how relationships work. Yeah, and it's hard to get there uh, to realize that 
that yeah it is it is toxic yeah. and i am taking despite what i think of myself yeah and so that's i mean so i'm very again i i i was i was actually because i was just starting and, and so i would to have someone say hey i want to help you i was like oh shit this people actually are interested in this because at the time i was still trying to figure out is this something that the community even wanted and so um what would you like to say in your last moments um uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess people should go out, learn, and then do do their home. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like I don't think of myself as this like huge group type person. I don't have anything off substance to say at this moment because everything that I had to say now is in that article. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just don't start arguing with people about their lived experiences. I suppose. Ah, so you just had the perfect thing to say. And we'll end on that. Don't argue with people about their lived experience. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCallTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.